Crime does not pay. Nice going, Annie. Very nice. You're terrific. It's easy with a rifle, Frank. Here, watch. <laughs> Anyhow, tin cans on a fence don't move. Moving targets, huh, Annie? Yeah. All right, now look, look, look what I rigged up yesterday. What? You see, here, look, you pull the rope here. See? Yeah. And, and way off there, a can swings like a pendulum. See? Hey, that's better. Okay, let's see. <laughs> There's nothing to Just it. You folks must have named you for Annie Oakley. Like I said, Frankie, with a rifle, it's a cinch. Watch me with a pistol now. Okay. Start the can swinging. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Here I go. One and two and... <laughs> How am I doing, boy? Oh, baby, you are a genius with a gun. <laughs> Another couple of weeks and we'll be going places. Weeks? What's the matter with right now? If I can hit tin cans at this distance, a guard at a bank ought to be easy as the side of a barn. <laughs> of good citizenship and law enforcement, we present Crime Does Not Pay, based on the famous Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer series of short subjects. In just a moment, you will hear Two-Gun Annie, starring Joan Loring. Now, Crime Does Not Pay, starring Joan Loring as Ann Armistead in Two-Gun Annie. It was strange somehow, at least to those who knew her. Anne was a small girl, light brown hair, nice features, a pretty girl. More, Anne had every advantage of a decent upbringing and a nice home. Her father, Martin Armistead, widowed when Anne was quite young, was a schoolteacher. Respectability was the keynote of his life and of Anne's. All of which made it seem hardly within the realm of possibility that her father should have trouble with Anne. Still, the trouble came to the point where the father faced his daughter in the living room and spoke to her in no uncertain terms. It's beyond my comprehension, Anne. I know what you've been up to, but I can't believe it. I just What do can't... you know I've been up to, Dad? You were involved with the hot rods on the road Saturday night. You were at the roadside rest until after two in the morning. So what? What if I was? And how do you know this anyway? Did you see me? One question at a time, Ann. I know because Joe Barlow saw you from his prowl car and came to me about it. Joe Barlow should mind his own business. It is his business, Ann. He's a policeman. I never thought you would be a policeman's business, Ann. So we were speeding. We weren't risking anybody's necks but our own. There wasn't another car on the road. Now, stop it, Anne. You're a senior at high school. You know better. Even if you haven't any sense of responsibility, you ought to know I don't want any sense of responsibility. I want to have some fun. Do you call it having fun when you put me to shame before the whole town? Let the town mind its own business. Perhaps when a teacher can't control his own child, it is the town's business. It may follow from that that he can't control other people's children, even in the classroom. Oh, cut it out, Dad. You can't get around me that way, and you know it. What do I have to do with you, Anne? Lock you in your room? 
<laughs> Try it and see what happens. I'll be 18 in a month. You'll lose me as an income tax deduction, man. And I order you to stop your present behavior. Save it, Dad. You're just talking. Oh, am I? Well, then you listen, young lady. I've done my best for you since your mother died. You've never wanted for anything. You've had plenty of freedom. Maybe I should have seen to it that you were taught more self-control. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Oh. I know you're a leader among the crowd that drives these jalopies and, and raises General Ned around town. And if you don't quit them now, I'll turn you over to Joe Barlow myself the day you're 18. All finished, Dad? In more ways than one. Okay. Then I'm going out. Got a date with Frankie. I warn you, Save it, Dad. You said your piece, now I'll say mine. Before I give you or anybody a chance to turn me in, I'll leave this one-horse town forever. Take it or leave it, Dad. I'm sick of it, Frankie. I just won't take any more. I won't. I won't. Well, what do you think? You think I like this town? Or what I'm doing, Annie Pie? Jerkin sodas for a bunch of kids in jeans? Ah. Uh, Great for excitement, I don't think. What brought you here in the first place, then? The railroad. This was as far from hometown as my dough would take me. Well, you've been making money. Why do you stick? On account of a little babe with light brown hair who was afraid of nothing. <laughs> Not even a me. Afraid of you, Frankie? You're the only man in town. You can say that again. Hey, how fast did we go last night? Last night I went 65. Now, what'll you bet I can get her up to 70? Go on, try it. <laughs> you think you'll hold together? I tightened the bailing wire this morning. <laughs> Ready now? Hold on, baby. Here we go. Well, you sure like speed, don't you, Annie Pye? I like anything that'll get me out of this jumping far, far away. Oh, Frankie, I'm so bored. I'm so darn bored. Except when we do things like that. Now, honey, take it easy. And I just, just, just settle down for a minute, because I, I want to talk to you. Now you sound like my father. <laughs> I don't feel like your father. You don't act like him. Baby, about, uh, about getting out of this town. Like I never meant anything in my whole life. I want to get away. Get to a big city, maybe. Get my hands on, on some dough, real money. How's your patience, Anne? Patience? What for? Bowie, well, we might have to take more of this before we could really get away. Hey. You sound like you had a plan. I have. Now, listen, I, I could go back home. Yeah? Tell the family I came back because I'm married and broke. They'd give me the money to send for you. That'd be the first step. Yeah? After that, we could go on and we could plan. We could make real plans. You and me together, Annie Pie, we could go places. All right, Frankie. I'll be 18 next month. I'll be on my own. Send for me then, Frankie. 
and I'll take the first train going your way. Told him I was going bye-bye. He didn't say much. Just looked sad around the edges. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm free, Frankie. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Oh, we go to my folks' place. For a while, anyway. Hey, hey, hey. Here. Here, put put this on. A wedding ring? Yeah, check. I, I told him you're my wife. Next couple of days, if we have time, we can drive over to a justice and make it legal, huh? Frankie. Now, come on. Come on, Annie Pie. The, the jalopies wait. Time's a waste, and we got things to do, you and me. What's this, Frankie? See if I'm a good student when you're the teacher. Uh-huh. Hey, nice going, Annie. Very nice. You're terrific. It's easy with a rifle, Frank. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, tin cans on a fence oh, don't move. Moving targets, Annie. All right, all right. Now, look, look. Look what I rigged up yesterday. Yeah. You what? see here, look. You, you pull a rope here, see? Yeah. And and way off there, see, a can swings like a pendulum. Hey, that? that's better. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> oh, there's nothing to oh, it. Sister, your folks must have named you for Annie Oakley. Like I said, Frankie, with a rifle, it's a cinch. Okay, watch me with a pistol now. Okay. Start the can swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check. Here I go. Huh? One, two, and... How am I doing, Oh, boy? you're a genius with a gun, baby. Another couple of weeks and we'll be going places. Weeks? Well, what's the matter with right now? If I can hit tin cans at this distance, a guard at a bank ought to be as easy as the side of a barn. Why, Ann, whatever... Where are you two going this time of morning? We're going hunting, Mom. Deer season opens today. Well, well, the slacks are all right, Anne, but... Well, I must say you look like a boy with that baseball cap and all. That's the idea, Mom. <laughs> now, why would a young man want his wife to look like a boy? Well, the fellas might kid me too much. You know, who takes his wife along, honey? You do, darling. Don't I, though? Both of you be careful. More people get killed in accidents. Uh, here, Anne. Wear this. Your red skirt? But, Ma, when Then nobody will mistake you for an animal. There. Mm, red goes well with your coloring. Let's go, Annie Pie. No breakfast? Oh, we'll be all right. We're going through town. Frank says the hunting is better over in that direction. Don't you, Frankie? Hmm? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, goodbye, Mom. Don't worry. We're going to be fine. <laughs> Everybody, shut up. Shut up now, do you hear me? First man opens his mouth, gets it. You see my partner's guns? He's, he's, he's got an itchy finger. I'll keep him covered, kid, while I get the cash. You bet, fella. We said don't move. Shut up, lady. You're not hurt. Shut up, everybody. All right, kid, I got all the cash. Let's go. Well, there should be a run on this bank this afternoon. <laughs> Yeah. Quick, 
before they turn on the alarm. Okay. How much do you think we got, Annie? Right. We'll count it later. Good hunting, though. Hey, you think they knew? Ah, no, not a chance. Hey, there goes the alarm. Keep driving. I'll watch behind. <laughs> Let me get rid of your Mars Red Scarf. They'll be describing it all over in half an hour. But we'll be out of the state. Hey, Frankie, police car taking off after us. That was fast. Slow down a minute. Slow down. Don't worry, I say. They can catch us anyway. They got souped up motors. Good. Hold steady now. Boil my aim. And don't kill anybody. You think I'm crazy? I just want to... Oh, I missed. Both hands. One more try. They're getting close. They're shooting at us. Well, did you think they wouldn't? Hold everything, Frankie. I can't miss this time. Hey, I got him. Right front tire. Blew right off the rim. Speed up, Frankie. We're in the clear. Now they'll never catch us. In just a moment, Crime Does Not Pay will continue with Two-Gun Annie. Now we continue with Crime Does Not Pay, starring Joan Loring as Ann Armistead in Two-Gun Annie. They made it that first time. They made it completely. The police car, its tires shot out by Ann's marksmanship, abandoned the chase. Ann and Frankie drove into the next state to the outskirts of a big city. There, excited, tired... They left their jalopy well hidden in a small wood, but not before Anne had exchanged her boy's attire for a sweater and skirt. Then they walked into the heart of the city, found a furnished room, and settled down. A week passed. The excitement began to disappear. Another week, and another. By the end of the month, with pursuit apparently a thing of the past, Anne and Frank ventured into the streets in daylight as well as at night. Late one afternoon, in a quiet residential neighborhood... Frankie? Uh-huh. How much do we have left? Of the money, I mean. Enough. Oh, now you bought me clothes. We've been to nightclubs. How much is left? Well, you counted it with me. You know how much we had in the first place. Oh, I see. We're almost broke, huh? Yeah, check, Annie Pie. We better start thinking about getting some more. Oh, we'll need a car for that. Well, that should be pretty easy. Only this time, no jalopy. A real car. Why not a heap? A real car doesn't sway. Not as much, anyway. I don't want to waste bullets like the last Annie time. Annie Pye, you're terrific. Thanks, Frankie. Any, uh, any special kind of car you're thinking of? Yeah, a heavy one. Heavy? Yeah, see, like, like that sedan over there. Yeah. Looks like there's plenty of speed under that hood, huh? Yeah. I wonder... Come on, Frankie. You now what? neighborhood like this, people have a tendency to get careless a little. Oh, they sure do. Look. Yeah, I see the keys. Hanging right in the lock on the dashboard. Mm. Why, it's practically an invitation. It isn't it, though? Do we? We do. It's a keen job, this one, huh? You can say that again. Where to, madame? 
The house, Franklin. The house? There's certain equipment we don't want to leave behind, including the firearms. And the young gentleman's outfit that fits me so well. Gas, sir? How many gallons? Five will do it, mister. Will you turn off your ignition, please? Because... Sorry, mister. As you can see, it's not your gas we're after. Mister, tell the boy to put that gun away. Why, when I told him to take it out in the first place? I do like the kid says, see? Well, there's not much in the register. Please don't... Get moving. If it's not in the register, it's someplace. Filling station big as this always has plenty of dough on on Saturday. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What may we do for you? We want a room. What have you got? Well, sir... We've driven a long way today. Anything with a bath will do. Uh, sorry, ma'am. There's nothing left with bath. Well, how much without? There's nothing left without either, sir. Did you hear that, dear? I heard. Not very hospitable, is he? No. Now, don't you think you could be more accommodating if you were in his place, dear? Oh, I know I could. Now, see here. I... You see here. Uh, a gun. Two of them. And they talk a lot if they have to. You want to know what they say? Uh, yes, sir. They say, get into the office. My wife will mine the desk for you. Go on and get back into the office with me. Open the safe. Where are a couple of guests you're going to pay to get to leave? Lots of power under that hood. How I'd love to let her out. But you won't. It's not past the limit yet. No traffic cops this trip. Check. Annie Pye, did you ever see a scared rabbit like that hotel clerk? What a waste of time. 500 bucks in the safe, and look at the chances we took. Well, the chances are part of this business, Annie Pye. It's like, like the big businessmen say, the, the calculated risk. Yeah, sure, but the profit's got to be worth the risk. A meaning, baby? That the first national bank over in White Oak is just begging for a heist. And we didn't do so good at the first job in a bank. Because we were green. We didn't figure on the time lock on the boss. This time we're really planning it. This is going to be a real haul. <laughs> Perfect. 8.40. He'll be along any minute. Cashier? Right. He opens up, locks the door behind him. A couple of minutes later, his assistant comes in. Same routine. Just like I told you yesterday. Time lock opens the vault at 8.55 sharp. We'll have five minutes to clean out the job. Watch it, Annie. Here he comes. Check and double check. Mind if we come in with you, mister? I'm sorry. The bank isn't open until nine. Uh... Oh. Yeah, oh, oh, get in. Shut the door. Your regular routine. This ain't no cat pistol. Mine neither. Yes, uh, yes, of course. All right, move fast now. Come on, open the cages. But uh, they are... You know what I mean. Pull that switch. I want the alarm off before I clean out the teller's cages. You know your business, don't you? There you are. All right, now face to the wall. As soon as your partner comes in, here's what I want you to... He's at the door. Yeah. What a surprise he's in for. Yeah. Morning, Arthur. Oh. You got early customers over against the wall. Go on, move. Yeah, yes, of course. All right, Frankie, clean out the cages. There's an easy 15 grand here in cash, kid. There'll be more in the vault. The vault? You can't open it until uh, 11 o'clock. Save it, Smarty. We know the time lock goes off at 8.55, and you know the combination. No, Arthur, you can't give it to them. <coughs> That'll take care of him for a while. We intend to have that vault open, Mr. Cashier. And I have every intention of opening it. I, I don't especially care for a blow like that one. May I help him? You may not. 
He's bleeding badly. A gun barrel is a nasty weapon to hit a man. Shut up or you'll get it, too. Already on the vault, kid. All right, you. Downstairs, the vault. Certainly. This way. An obliging punk, isn't he? Oh, we don't mind. After all, we're insured, you know, and we're a national bank. We have plenty of resources. Only fools like my assistant would argue with loaded revolvers. Isn't that right? Stop talking. Get the vault open. Open it, you hear, and shut up. Or we'll leave you inside it after we clean it out. Get moving now. Fast! Hey, Frankie, what are you doing? I'm hungry, honey. Coffee and hamburger do good right now. How about you? Well, I suppose... I'd feel better if we had a few more miles between us and White Oak before we stopped. Well, they won't expect us to stop this close. You get it? Uh-huh. Leave the hall in the car? Yeah, why not? Now, who'd expect to find 15 G's in cash and 25 more in securities in a parked car? <laughs> Some hall, huh, Annie Pie? 40,000, not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> Let's go. Now, tell me, can you figure it, Annie Pie? What? With, with dough lying around like that loose in banks. People taking jobs in joints like this. <laughs> I wonder what they do for excitement. Well, a, a drive-in movie, I guess. <laughs> now, hit yourself to a stool, Annie. Fine. Hey, this smells good. Sure Maybe does. I am hungry. Mm. Morning, folks. Hi, morning. Likely afternoon, isn't it? <laughs> Not till afternoon. <laughs> uh, what'll it be? A uh, couple with and coffee. Any wheat cakes? I, I'll find out. Here, uh, let me give you the setup. I'll hop out some coffee right away. Good idea. You come far this morning? Not too far. Is that your car out there? Yes, yeah, smooth, ain't it? Huh? Oh, sure is. Why do you ask? Well, youngsters like you usually have jalopies, not big sedans like well, that. Well, it was my father's. He got a new one. He gave me that one. You're lucky. Wish I had a father like that. Excuse me, I'll ask the cook about the wheat cakes. Coffee's good, isn't it, Frankie? Sure is. Sergeant Karaski there? Margaret. No, no, I'm working this morning. Look, Dave, I, I think I got him here. The kids who stuck up the bank in White Oak this morning. The FBI called before, gave a description, told us to call you. Their car's a maroon sedan. Right ear, right make. Only the young one's a girl. She must have been wearing slacks. Okay, I'll, I'll try to hold him. Only tell those two men to hurry, will you? I think she's got a gun in her purse. Say, how long does it take to make fresh wheat cake batter? Well, Cook's very fussy about it, and he was upset because the old stuff was sour. Take a burger, Ann. Let's get going. Yeah, tell him to kill the wheat and make me a burger. Okay, if that's what you want. Hey, what's up, sister? All right, you kids, reach. What, what? is this, a stick-up? FBI. That was a national bank in White Oak. We've got your coal, kids. Thanks to this lady here. She kept us here. She phoned the cops and kept us don't here. Don't touch that purse. No, Annie, don't. Nobody takes me and Not even my own father could do that. I'm sorry. It's just your arm. We don't like to shoot, kids, but your shooting days are over. You should have been quicker on the draw. I didn't touch no gun. I didn't. Frank, you lost you rotten filthy. All right, save it, both of you. That assistant cashier... You fractured his skull. He died an hour ago. You're both due for a murder rap. Oh, oh. All right, let's get going. 
The only party who comes out of this ahead is that lady back at the counter. The insurance company posted a reward half an hour ago. Crime does not pay. Joan Loring, who starred as Ann Armistead in Two Gun Annie, will be back with you in just a moment. Now here in person is Joan Loring. To me, at least, the story of Anne Armistead and Frank Winfield is a revealing one. Both young people came from good homes. Anne especially seemed to have every opportunity to grow into a fine woman, a good citizen. Still, they went, in the old expression, they went wrong. Where and why? Examination of both their stories gives us one important clue. Both of them felt their lives were dull, that they needed excitement and a chance for adventure. This feeling is part and parcel of youth. But for Anne and Frank, there was no provision for working off that extra steam. There was no program, no plan. There was no guidance for them. The older generation failed them, as it's failing in so many communities across this nation with disastrous results. That's why, in the last analysis, Anne and Frank sought the release which leads only to the final lesson. That crime does not pay. Thank you, Miss Loring. Play is written by Ira Marion and directed by Mark B. Loeb, with music composed and conducted by John Gart. Technical advisor is Burton B. Turkus. The events, characters, and names used in the story you've just heard are fictitious. Any similarity is purely coincidental. This is Bob Williams speaking. (laughs) 